Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Kimbalina66 and other patrons like them. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. All right, everybody, it's a Tuesday show, so that means we've got some extra news probably built up. Plus, we've got a whole bunch of feedback from you guys. I really appreciate that. But today is the 4th of July, so I'm going to be trying to... I'm going to be trying to... That's not right. I'm going to try to get through this stuff as fast as possible. So let's just jump right in with the feedback. Uh, TFox245 reviewed the show on iTunes. They said, A fantastic podcast with a great upload schedule. When I first discovered this podcast, I wasn't sure if I'd like it because of the lack of multiple hosts, but to my surprise, I actually like it more without people arguing and talking over each other. I also love how often episodes are made. No waiting around for once a week show here. It seems like they're made every day or so. Well, it's actually three times a week. Uh, So the news that is discussed is ultra-relevant when you are listening. Uh, Top-notch production quality as well. No cheap microphones or echoing audio. Everything sounds very professional. Uh, the unique Nintendo sound bites to transition between topics is a nice touch. Within a couple of weeks, this has already become my favorite Nintendo podcast, and the host is very knowledgeable with not just Nintendo topics, but the gaming industry as a whole. And he really does have a great radio voice. Well, thank you very much, T Fox. I appreciate everything that you said about uh, about the show. Um, just to be fair to other podcasts, the echoing stuff and it's much easier to control audio quality when you are a single mic podcast so uh, just keep that in mind but i really appreciate you reviewing the show if you haven't already done so people make sure you head on over to itunes even if you don't listen on itunes just make an itunes account it's free review the show help us get that five star rating and help us get a little bit more discoverability all right we also got a message from captain logan on discord uh, by the way, if you would like to uh, talk to us on talk to me and other listeners on Discord, just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Apparently that link was not working until now, and now it is, so I've got that fixed. Um, they said, is the SNES Classic Mini a gauging tool for the online plans for the Switch? We already know two major things that support my theory that it is. One... The online plans were pushed back to 2018 instead of this fall, basically when the Super Nintendo Classic is being released. Two, the Classic is only going to be available till the end of 2017, potentially when the online plans will go live. They've already talked about not being sure if Super Nintendo games for online plans... Wait, let me read that again. They've already talked about not being sure about Super Nintendo games for the online plans. I think what they mean when they say that is that um, uh, Nintendo has said that they haven't decided whether or not uh, your subscription... the, the So 
they have an online subscription that you're going to do. It's I think it was $20 a year if you do the whole year, and that comes with access to the Classic Gaming Bundle. Uh, every month you get a few games to uh, play. They have online functionality put in. And Nintendo has said they're not sure if they're going to be putting Super Nintendo games on there. Right now it's just NES games. Uh, so that's what, the, that's what uh, Captain Logan is talking about. They saw the demand for the... I'm going back to reading it now. Uh, they saw the demand for NES and two of the three titles for NES Classic were mentioned in online plans next year. I think the and that uh, I think the SNES will help them decide if there's still a market for this generation, especially since we haven't pushed Super Nintendo ports to the 3DS to the new 3DS lately. They don't want to keep making these things. It's limited, but that makes me think that they have plans to do something else with these games later on. Just some thoughts. I wanted to hear your two cents. Um, now, before I jump in with um, what responding to Captain Logan, I'm going to read an email that I got uh, from John. John emailed the show and said, hey, hey, uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on some more Super Nintendo Classic stuff. It seems like a lot of people want to talk about Super Nintendo stuff. Um, I saw an article that someone shared on Facebook which said the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic might be coming to the Switch. Uh, I saw the same article. Basically, they were saying that what if Nintendo bundles these like they put out a, an nes classic bundle on the virtual console and sell it as a as a big piece like all together so you spend 60 dollars and you you basically get a digital version of the uh the the nes classic and then you know speculative that it would also include an 80 dollar version for super nintendo classic or maybe the prices would be different i'm not sure um uh, they they went on to say, now, I don't know where these articles came from, and I didn't really read much into them. I don't like playing Internet Detective. That's your job. That's right. Um, do you think this could be true at all? Did you hear anything about this? I did. I heard the, exactly the same thing that you did. Uh, it seems like a good idea to me because I feel like it'll be very hard to get a Super Nintendo Classic, but it also seems too easy. Nintendo doesn't like doesn't seem like they like to make things easy for us. I can see this from both points of view. Why pay $80 for a digital games bundle? Most people want a physical system because it that's just too cool. But for the most people that can't get a hold of this thing, I feel like it's a good alternative. Personally, I'd pay $80 just for a digital copy of Star Fox 2, but I'm a huge Star Fox fan. Which brings me to another point. Why can't Nintendo release Star Fox 2 on the Switch? There's no reason this shouldn't be done and sold for like $20. Thoughts? And that was from uh, John or Fox or Link31254, who I've seen in the stream quite a bit. All right, so I kind of wanted to lump both of those together, both of those emails, and talk about Super Nintendo as a whole. Uh, so first off, Captain Logan's overall point was he thinks, in, uh, I, for based on how I'm reading this and my conversations with him before, uh, he thinks that Nintendo is is looking to stop making virtual console games like they're they want to stop making virtual console because every time that they do um they tick a bunch of people off how because they don't want to give it away for free and they don't want to give it away for free to the people who already have it because that's profit being left on the table so i can see what what i can see what captain logan is saying honestly i really think that i don't i don't think that virtual console is going anywhere, but I think that the moniker 
uh, virtual console is going to go away. Um, if we look at the Super Nintendo, not Super Nintendo, if we look at the Switch and you look at the eShop, you, you can see that there's a bunch of games on the eShop that would normally have been virtual console kind of games. Um, all of the um, like Metal Gear stuff and the other stuff from Neo Geo, the AC Remix, I believe that they're called. Uh, what if Nintendo just sold Super Mario Brothers 3 on the eShop, instead of having it be a virtual console title, instead of it being its own separate category, just put it out there with the rest of the stuff. Do I think that Nintendo wants to get rid of the virtual console? I don't think so. I think that they don't like the virtual console name being bandied about. Uh, it causes problems where people expect to get that game for free because they bought it before. Um, if they switch it over to, I'm not trying to do a pun there, if they switch it over to just being a game that's on the eShop instead of having it be a virtual console thing, uh, then going forward, they can say, all right, well, if you bought it on Switch, you're going to have it on whatever comes out in the future. And I'm pretty sure that that's the way that Nintendo is going. Um, your purchases are now linked to your account instead of your device. So when the Switch 2 or whatever the next uh, thing from Nintendo is, whenever that comes out, uh, I think that if you've bought a virtual console or or a digital game like uh, Link to the Past or something, you'll have it on that next uh, iteration. But because all of the other stuff before the Switch was all virtual console stuff, maybe they're looking at that and they're like saying, okay, well, if we do it forward, com forward uh, compatibility, I guess. So if you buy it now, you get it on forward system. It's too hard for us to go backwards with that we can't say well if you buy it on switch then you also have it on 3ds that's it's kind of a pain for them i think uh or at least it's something that they don't see the value in implementing um plus on top of that that would open them up to having to bring stuff that's that that you bought on the 3ds forward to the switch um and i don't think that they're going to do that unfortunately which which is bad i think that's bad uh customer value i think it's uh bad PR and I think it's just overall it's a bad idea I think it would be much much better if Nintendo just said all right well we know especially from the 3DS and the Wii U you know uh, those those games have now been linked to our accounts when they came up with the new Nintendo account system and I think that if Nintendo were smart they would say all right well these games that you've bought these virtual console games uh, you now own them on your account, and when they come out for Switch, you'll have those too. I don't think that Nintendo is going to do that because they've never done anything like that. However, and this is uh, you know devil's advocate, I'm I'm playing both sides here. Uh, that's a one a one mic show. Sometimes you have to play both sides. I'm not going to do a voice. Uh, but on the other hand, we've seen Nintendo with the Switch do a lot of things that they've never done before. And so it's very difficult to predict exactly what the hell they're thinking. What is Nintendo doing? What are they planning? What are they planning? And what's going to happen there? I don't know. Now, as far as what John said about the bundles, I think that that would be a fantastic idea. Um, yes, there are a lot of people out there that just want the physical thing because it's cool and they want to put it on the shelf. There are also people who just want those games and they want to play it. That's it. They just want those games. And an easy way, you know, to just plug an HDMI into it and you and you run away, you're fine. Uh, they just want that. And making this a limited edition item really increases the difficulty of getting one of these. 
especially because they're only doing it up until uh, holiday, according to what they've said. So what I think would be the perfect solution, well, what the perfect solution would be is just keep making these things because they're cool and people want to buy them. Nintendo take our money. Um, but what would be the next best solution to that is this idea of a bundle. Now, where did the article come from? I don't know where it came from. It came from somebody just making stuff up. That's usually how it goes. Uh, Nintendo is very, they hold their cards very close to their vest. They're very tight-lipped about what they're going to be doing. And I highly doubt that anybody actually knows about this ahead of time. I think that this is just guesses. Now, why would somebody, I know that there's people sitting there listening right now and they're like, but people predicted the Switch. They knew that it was going to be a tablet device with uh, detachable controllers. That's right. That's a hardware device. And a hardware device, that has to go outside of Nintendo for for various things. They have to apply for patents. They have to... There are many, many things that they have to do in order to get this this off the ground. They have to discuss things with suppliers to get parts for it. Uh, so all of that is where the leaks come from. When you're just developing software, there shouldn't be any leaks unless they're, the leaks are in Nintendo. And I don't think that, I think that probably people who work at Nintendo are probably fairly loyal and they probably don't want to leak because they know that it overall it's bad for messaging. Um, every time that there's a huge leak, everybody gets all hyped up. And then when the real information comes out, everybody's disappointed. And that's just really, really bad for Nintendo. So I don't think that what we're seeing in these articles, I don't think it's real. It would be perfect. I said perfect again. It would be great if it turns out to be true. And I really hope that it does. But I doubt it. Because Nintendo, just like you said, Nintendo does not like to make things easy for us. All right. My goodness. Let's uh, jump back into the news. Well, I said I was going to go fast. And then I spent 15 minutes talking about just feedback. I really appreciate you guys writing in, though. So keep uh, sending that information in. Uh, let's jump in with the news. We've got Splatoon do Splatoon do. We've got a Splatoon two direct on Thursday, July sixth at ten a.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can click on a link in the show notes to uh, get see the the uh, tweet that links to it. Uh, just head on over to twitch.tv slash Nintendo and you can watch it live. Actually, do they do the directs? Yeah, yeah. You'll see it right there. Fine. Um, now, what do I expect to see there? Well, first off, I expect to see uh, some single-player stuff. Uh, they'll probably give us a little bit of exposition about what's going on with Callie and Mari. And um, I think that the bulk of it is going to be showing us how the voice chat app works because they've told us that the voice chat app is coming in summer in beta, and it's going to be freely available to everyone. And you're going to be able to try it out. And what huge multiplayer game where voice would be incredibly important is coming out at that point? Splatoon 2. I mean, if we look at the games that have already come out, ARMS, would it be better with voice? Sure. Uh, Mario Kart 8, would it be better with the voice? Of course. But Splatoon 2, that feels like a game where voice is almost a necessity. Uh, I know that the Nintendo developers have said many times that they have gone out of their way to try and make sure that you can play and have fun without using voice and you can uh you know i've played splatoon 1 many times it's a great game 
and there's no voice built in and I've never actually used voice cuz you know I could I could do an external thing like Discord or Skype or whatever but I never have and I never felt the need to do so but then again I'm not a competitive player a competitive player who's like on a team they are going to be the people who absolutely want to have uh, voice built in and that's very very important so I think um, a, a great deal of the uh, of the direct is going to be or at least if not is going to be should be focused on how online works now what else are we going to see on the on the direct well I think we're going to see something called league battle they talked about it in an interview uh, uh, Shintaro Sato uh, he it worked on the game and he spoke to uh, Glixel, which is a gaming website, and they talked about uh, League Battle. This is a new mode, and it's in a mode that players can either play together in groups of two or four, uh, and it will present you with a two-hour period in which your group competes with other groups to see how many points you can earn. How many points you can earn? I don't know what that means. Is it just regular uh, matches or what? But anyway, it says, because the results of that league battle play will be displayed in the ranking at the end of every two-hour period, we can give player goals, players goals to strive for and hope to encourage them to keep competing and pushing. Uh, this really sounds to me very much like the ARMS party lobby, uh, whereas that's more single-player, where you go in and you're, you're uh, well, not single-player, but you're, you're going in on your own usually, and um, you're going through and having all these different fights and you're earning little battle coins as you build up and you can compare yourself. Oh, man, this guy's got 91 battle coins and I've got 85. He's better than I am. Well, maybe. Maybe he's just been playing longer than you. Who knows? But anyway, um, this uh, league battle sounds really interesting and it, it kind of is is, is telling us that a uh, little, little... I think that Splatoon people and arms people have been talking to each other i really wish that somebody from the mario party uh, uh group i i know that the mario party group at or mario party um mario kart i really wish somebody from the mario kart group was uh, would go back and steal the stuff from arms and remake their lobby system i think that would be much better uh, but that's okay. Uh, what do you guys think of the Sound of League battle? Are you excited for the Splatoon 2 Direct? The next show is going to be um, after the Splatoon 2 Direct. So it will next episode, we will be heavily focused on Splatoon 2, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Custom arms for tournaments, yay or nay? That's my big question here. I guess some people are trying to decide if, um, when you're fighting in a tournament... If all of the arms that, like, let's say I'm playing with Helix. Uh, Helix starts with the Ice Dragon, Guardian, and the Blorb. For some of you, somebody who hasn't played um, uh, arms, you probably think I've lost my mind and my neighbor is mowing his lawn, so you can hear that in the background. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so as you play arms, though, you earn coins, and then you can spend those coins to go into the arms room, and you can get more arms by playing this little mini game, and so you can unlock other things, like my uh, Springman has tons of different arms unlocked. Well, in tournaments, is it okay for custom arms to be unlocked? That's the question, and I guess a lot of people are kind of fighting back and forth on this. Uh, on one hand, it makes it, it, it really deepens the way that the game is played because not only do you have the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have the variable 
to worry about with how does this this character play that like when i'm i'm playing against somebody how does this character play they're they're going to play ribbon girl how does this character play okay well she can jump four dimes i have to remember to wait until she lands before i throw that punch i can't just predict when she's going to do that like i can with the other characters so that makes things a little different you know each character kind of has their own thing like that so you you have to take that into account but then you also have to take into account all right well what arms do they have equipped well when you if you can if if you're in a tournament and the tournament says that you can only use the default arms well that really lowers the depth that is available to the players and i think personally that i think that arms uh would be better arms tournaments would be better if it had availability of the other arms to every character now the reason why a lot of people are upset about this or or they don't like this idea is because you have to earn those arms so maybe you've played um your uh, you know uh, i don't know min min a whole bunch but you have yet to unlock um the torture uh, and uh, um that's uh the one where it fires out three bullets and they're on fire i believe um you know, you haven't unlocked that yet, but you really want to have that. And then the, the, the tournament comes and you can't have that combination, but somebody else can because they've unlocked it. I think the best solution would be for, for ARMS to just make a tournament um, game mode. And in that tournament game mode, have everything unlocked automatically. Um, and it's only available if everybody, you know, it, it, it's only available. It's not available against, well, you know what? It's always available. Just... I, th- I just think that that would be better. It still gives you something to shoot for, something to earn in order to use them in party mode and in order to use them in ranked. But when you're in a tournament where you're trying to uh, narrow down 16 people down to one winner, I think that everybody should have access to everything. And I think that that would just be better, a better way to do it. <laughs> So at E3, we saw a game called Starlink, and it's a toys-to-life game. Basically, they have this clip that clips onto various game controllers, either Xbox One, PS4, or Switch included. Uh, and then you can build a spaceship on top of your controller, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's the kind of thing that I would have done when I was a kid with the, with my, you know, the X-Wing that I had. I would have played with the X-Wing. And this gives you a way to play with that, that toy in the game you know all these toys to life games kind of have that kind of stuff but this is the first one that kind of builds it into the controller and i really like that it's kind of cool but when you're talking about a portable system that causes problems now my son has oh what's the name of the game it's just escape me skylanders my son has the game skylanders and one of the great things about skylanders imaginators for the switch is if you scan a character once on an amiibo I don't know why, but if you scan it twice, it saves it. And now you never, or not an amiibo, but the the Skylanders character. If you scan it twice, you never actually have to scan the character again. You can just use it uh, unless you want to upload the stats back into the character. That's really cool. That means that when we go on the road and my son's playing his Switch, he can play his Skylanders game and have all of his uh, Skylanders figures with him without actually having to carry a giant bag of them, which I think is great. Um, well, Starlink also thinks it's great. So they said that 
you can unlock all of your stuff digitally on the Switch so that you don't have to do that. In fact, uh, you you also don't have to have a bunch of plastic stuff in your living room. A lot of people don't want a bunch of plastic stuff in their living room. And the I can understand why you wouldn't want to have all this stuff. So even if you don't have a Switch, you don't even have to buy the plastic figures. You can just buy them as DLC through digitally, which I think is great. Again, the pricing is very important here because first off, if you're buying it digitally, then I feel like you should get you should have to pay less than if you get the physical figure because when I'm if I'm buying a starship part for my Starlink game, well part of the thing that I'm buying is a physical object that they had to make and build and ship and and I and then I'm picking that up and I'm getting that thing. Whereas if I'm buying it digitally, I should have to pay less because I'm not getting the physical object as well. Uh, that's just me. Um, I don't know if I can see them doing that, though, because that would mean that their their parts would just be sitting on shelves. Uh, it, you know, the kid comes up to mom and dad and they're like, can you get this for me? And they say, well, yeah, but we can spend $3 less and get it on your online and then you don't have to scan it in that's a better deal. I'm not going to buy it for you for $3 and have extra stuff in your room. Uh, so I don't think that they'll have different pricing, and I think that's going to cause them problems in the future. Uh, I, I just want to say real quick, I really like the look of Starlink. I think it looks great. Uh, the parts look really big, and they're very, very cool looking. And uh, there's a whole video uh, where you can watch linked in the show notes. And they said one thing that was very important to me. They said you can complete the entire game without buying any of the extra stuff. They said they are cognizant of how expensive it can get getting into a Toys to Life game. And they don't want to overstay their welcome, I guess. is uh, That's how I'm putting it. But that's not exactly what they said. Uh, if you want to watch the interview, just click on the link in the show notes. It was a pretty good one. All right, I'm going to do my best to lightning around the rest of these because there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, <laughs> doing three shows a week is good, but one of those shows always ends up being ha- having a bigger gap than the other than the other shows, and that always ends up being the biggest show of the week. So uh, I'm trying to find a way to balance things out. If you have suggestions, uh, email me, runjumpstop at gmail.com, or if you want me to keep things the way they are, I'll do that too. All right, let's uh, do the lightning round. Mario v. Rabbids Kingdom Battle has multiplayer and amiibo support. Uh, this is according to a screenshot, or it looks like somebody took a picture of the uh, of the eShop page. Um, the required space for the game is 2.3 gigs, and it says that it says on the very bottom it says this software supports the following amiibo. So we thought that we weren't going to be getting any amiibo for this. I guess we are. And it also says number of players 1 to 2. So I am excited about that. I'm I'm curious if it's going to be a co-op kind of multiplayer or if it's going to be head-to-head multiplayer. Uh, let's jump into the next story. Uh, be on the lookout for Fire Emblem Warriors uh, video coming this week. Now, this comes from a Twitter account, uh, which is Fire Emblem Muso. Uh, and if you, it's a Japanese one. And if you hit the translate from Japanese, it says fire emblem warriors latest is coming this week, a new video to enjoy your city in game, enjoy your stay in game city.ne.jp slash F E. Um, so 
Uh, I'm sure that it'll be in Japanese, and so I won't know what they're saying, but I'm sure that we will have some awesome people on the internet that will translate it for us so that we know what they're talking about. Um, I just closed my show notes. Hold on. What was the next show? Oh, um, Lego Worlds pre-order is up at, on Amazon. Uh, go to the show notes. Click the link. That's an affiliate link, by the way. I actually get credit if you buy it through there. Uh, but Lego Worlds kind of started out kind of rough. And it's been updated multiple times, and on Steam, it's mostly positive. So that's uh, pretty good. It's a game that turned it around. I know when it first came out, people were very unhappy with the game. My son has been asking me weekly since the Switch came out, almost every week, do you know when LEGO Worlds is coming out yet, Dad? No, I don't. Uh, Again, on Amazon, uh, it just says December 31st this year. So We just know that someday in this year it's going to be coming out. But it is $39.99, which is, uh, you know, that's a pretty good price. Um, Let's see. Two more stories. Kimishima, who is the uh, president and CEO of Nintendo, uh, he has his approval rating is very, very high uh, in a vote by uh, Nintendo shareholders. His approval rating is 97.7%, which is insanely high. Uh, I I was very interested in uh, how uh, Shuntaru Furukawa did. I believe that he is the guy who was the director of uh, the Breath of the Wild game. He got 97.65. If you want to see how they're doing, uh, just click on the link in the show notes, and then there's a his uh his approval rating last year was 87%. Uh so you can you can see that that people are the investors are very happy the shareholders very very happy with the switch. Um there, now there's going to be, be be people who see this and they're going to say, "Man, Iwata dropped the ball and it's a good thing Kimishima came in to save him." Uh but I don't think that that's true. Uh in fact, when when he was first when he first started working at Nintendo, he basically said, he goes, look, I'm here to execute, execute, to execute plans that were put in place by Iwata-san, and that is what I'm going to be doing. So all of these plans that we're seeing right now in 2017, these plans were made quite a long time ago. Uh, you can't make, it's not, the, the turnaround time, I'm stuttering here. Uh, the turnaround time for how quickly you can make moves when you're a huge uh, business that is making hardware. It, it just, it, it takes too long. It's Think about a speedboat versus uh, a battle cruiser. Um, a battle cruiser? A battleship. <laughs> Are we in space? Uh, here, okay, you know what? We'll go with something more my speed. Think of an X-Wing or a TIE fighter. We're doing Star Wars stuff now. All right, a TIE fighter can fly really, really fast, and it can turn really fast. Very, very maneuverable. Man, I am, I am showing my nerd. Um, whereas a Star Destroyer, they're more slow-moving. Uh, they turn very, very slowly, like a naval ship would. And so when you look at a large corporations that are making hardware, they can't turn on a dime like that. They have to maneuver slowly, and all of the plans that we see coming to fruition now have been in the works for quite a long time. Uh, so uh, Kimishima is doing a fantastic job. I totally agree with the shareholders. He's doing great at executing Iwata-san's plans. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Iwata was the CEO of Nintendo. He saw the uh, 
Did, was he there for the GameCube? I believe he was there for the GameCube, the Wii, and the Wii U. Uh, and he also made Balloon Fight. Uh, he was instrumental in many, many games being made. And he he said himself, he said, I am a gamer at heart. He says, my business card says that I'm the president of Nintendo. My mind says, and I could be getting the quote wrong. He says, my mind says that he is a programmer and my my heart says that I am a gamer. And he really showed that. He really cared. Like when when Nintendo was doing bad, he cut his salary in half. Like that's the kind of the kind of guy he he was. And I know that that's a very common Japanese thing to do, but still I feel like Iwata always looked out for us in the best way. He always was doing his best and trying as hard as he could to make something new and different and amazing. And they've done it with the switch. And I guarantee that the switch has Iwata's fingerprints all over it. And Kimishima is basically, he's running that ball in, you know, uh, Iwata threw the ball. Now I'm doing a sports metaphor. Who am I? Uh, Iwata threw the ball. Kimishima caught it and he's running it in for the touchdown. And, you know, he deserves that high approval rating, as does the rest of the people who are working at Nintendo right now. They're doing great work over there. All right, last story of the day. Um, this is really weird. This is happening today at 7 p.m. So hopefully, uh, I'm recording this right now. It's 2 p.m. Okay, hold on. It's 2 p.m. my time right now. This uh, happens today at 7 p.m. my time. And it's what's happening is that the original developers for Star Fox are going to be streaming on Twitch. Now, I'm sure that it's going to be in Japanese, but I don't know what they're going to be showing us. And maybe they're just going to be streaming the original Star Fox, which would be really cool. But uh, there's no way for us to know. All I can say is that follow the link in the show notes and and you can it's at twitch.tv slash Q Games TV. That's Q G A M E. STV and that's today at 7 p.m. PST so it's actually 7 p.m. or I'm sorry 10 p.m. Eastern you know what just click on the link and then use a time zone calculator to figure it out because I don't want to screw anybody uh anybody up uh, anyway so the original developers of Star Fox are going to be streaming on Twitch which is awesome it's good to see Nintendo get in on the Twitch stuff and um that's it for the show you get a low score for this game well, like I said, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed, feel free to let me know. You can email me at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can give me a, uh, a holler on Discord. That's runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And you can, of course, talk to me on the live stream. That's twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show. Uh, you can buy Doc Socks from my wife. You can join the Patreon. You can now subscribe on Twitch. And those ways and more can be found at runjumpstomp.com slash support. I will see you guys next time, and we will be talking about Splatoon 2. Bye-bye. Oh, and happy 4th.